Welcome to the Shutdown Flowcast. Oh man, back from the dead. I was sick like Thursday and Friday, but boom! Sleeping like 17 hours a day, prepping for the college football weekend, pop a little Sudafed. Oh yeah, that that like, you know, the felony grade Sudafed. The stuff that they make you sign over like, you know, vital blood samples and stuff. It's how they get your blood. Globalists. Nobody paid for that. You can't do that this week. Yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah, you're, I'll... you're just gonna hurt yourself again. It's a vicious cycle. <laughs> is I it? Did. Wait, is that what got you sick? I'm going to credit that as what got me sick, or at least what made me realize I was getting sick because I did that, and then I was like, "Oh no, something's very wrong with you." My know throat. what it was? It was the nanobots that the government puts in the air. They thought you were Alex Jones, mm-hmm. so they they um they signaled for them to attack. InfoWars hero, InfoWars hero, Spencer Hall. Yeah, you're okay. you're the Spartacus of InfoWars right now. They came after me with their frog DNA. Got my blood. They, uh, but yeah, I rebounded for Saturday. Let me tell you what. Glad I did. Dang it, because because I got to watch a couple extraordinary things. Gentlemen, joining me. Uh, we did get to see them together. This is uh, Ryan Nanny coming to us from. Beautiful Brooklyn, New York. Say hi. It's not beautiful, but hi. It's fine. Oh, but it's not. It's not beautiful. Also, hearing hearing us on no three second delay, and I believe indoors for once, we got a Jason Kirk. Hey, what's happening? The rain usually drives you inside. I said usually. Yeah, it did. It did today. Yeah, yeah. We all work at espionation.com Basically, sometimes we talk about college football, especially on the review show. Because uh, we're recording this on Sunday night, we had a we had a tragic comical weekend of great import. Things happening all over the place, both of actual and imagined importance. For instance, imagined importance. I don't know how important it is that Miami beat FSU in the global scheme of things with college football. It but was, you know what? It was very important to Michael Irvin. It was very important to Michael Irvin. <laughs> was, was it now? <laughs> what was the playmaker's response to this? Just bellowing incoherently, really, on video, on like a cell phone video. It's cool. Hey, you know what? Somebody either definitely did or definitely did not get stabbed in the neck with a pair of scissors because of that game. So that's good. You know, if if Michael Irvin, I will say this. If something's important to you once, it's important to you forever if you're Michael Irvin. Because there are a lot of people who, you know, their employer from 18 to 22... They don't really remember much. Like, you know, I'm never really going to go back to that telemarketing place I worked in college and be like, yeah, I ride for them hard. But dang it. Michael Irvin, he went to the University of Miami when he was 18 to 22. And what? He's 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 a grandfather. And he's still, like, shouting out the youths. So, you know, you want Michael Irvin riding for you. I mean, he might stab somebody in the neck. He did that for himself, though, if out I of, read. Out of love. Out of love. Sort of. He did. He, yeah. Out of self-love. Out of self-respect. <laughs> because who sits in your chair and takes your spot? Not some damn rookie. Right? That's that's who. Not some damn rookie. <laughs> Uncle Mike, I didn't ask you to do that. Why didn't you ask yourself to do that? That's now, the question. Here, But now, listen. I understand that we don't know if the Miami game was important. But you saying that kind of steers into the best thing that's happened out of that game which is Florida State fans insisting that Miami hasn't played anybody worth a damn 
including Florida State. That's an advanced move. No, I think it's one that we as Florida fans have used before, which is beating us doesn't mean anything. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, I think it's fair. Like, oh, okay, so you're as good as NC State, huh? You know, let's... And and it's one that Miami fans themselves have had to trot out <laughs> several times <laughs> over the last seven years. Oh, you beat Al Golden, okay. Oh, you beat Randy Shannon, okay. You know, oh, oh, you you, you finished off with the NCAA started. So, hey, Definitely. Knowles, Knowles, you, you get to break out all that stuff. You get you got tired of hearing. Definitely warming that one up for Georgia 2017, buddy. You know it. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Just immediately stop on a dime. As soon as one of these streaks stops, you know, both both fan bases. It's like they it's like they have scripts that they just hand each other <laughs> like reading for a play. And they and they say, like, no, nah, actually, I should probably be the robber. And, you know, you, should you, be will, the cop. you will you will be Iago now. Ah, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> this is the this is the you know, hey, listen, I'm going to do the power bomb to you now. And this is how to sell it. Right. <laughs> like That's really it should be done like wrestling moves, right? Like, I should be like the rock to the stunner. As a Florida fan, I should be like, no, man, I think we're incredible. You guys are amazing because you beat us. I fly off the ropes and, you know, spit my drink out when you hit me with the full stone cold. So, but the game, I assume when we're talking about whether games mattered or not, I'm assuming the other direction you're going to go with this is Iowa State 38, Oklahoma 31. Oh no, that mattered. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, that that very that very much mattered. That mattered in the the you know, there are these great threads that go around on the internet every now and then, which is what's the most money you ever cost your company? Or what's the biggest <laughs> mistake you ever made at work? Right? And inevitably there's somebody who crashes into the thread and they're like, yo, here's a YouTube video of me dropping a 20 ton air conditioning unit on one of my co-workers it killed the man the project was delayed for six months and i just got out of jail right like you go whoa you're like geez i thought i thought when i ordered 100 copiers instead of 10 i was in trouble but damn yeah yeah because because you know what you know what oklahoma did they dropped the ac unit on their co-worker <laughs> they just got, yeah they're gonna be some time the ac <laughs> unit's name is mike stoops yeah. <laughs> He's frantically waving on the crane. I'm not secured. <laughs> <laughs> Just hopping up and down on the platform. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's this is, by the way, like there's no the levels to this, right? Like it's one thing to just get flat out beat, right? You just get flat out beat because, you know, you're you're inept or something's completely inept. Um, it's another thing to get beat because because multiple things went wrong and because there are multiple levels and degrees to the upset. For instance, Iowa State coming into this game, uh, their record, they were two and two. Not really a not really a big, bad, bold two and two indicating that Iowa State had turned some kind of micro corner on the way to greatness or even competence, right? This this team before this week you would have gone, ah, this could still go really wrong. Who knows? It still might go really wrong for Iowa State. What else happened to them in the lead up to this game? W- was their roster set? Uh, it was, and then the quarterback was no longer the quarterback for I think unspecified med- medical reasons. Jacob Park took a has taken a leave of absence. That put Kyle Kempt, who uh, had never th- had thrown like two passes 
or three passes going into this game. Mm-hmm. Um, in his whole career, not like this season. Nope. And he's either a junior or a senior, so it's also not like, well, he's just new and green. Um, he ended up with 343 yards and three <laughs> touchdowns. But, but, Kyle Kemp lit it up. But the best, the best part to me is that Kyle Kemp was not the only player to throw passes. No, sir. I would say, no, there was Joel Lanning, uh, a linebacker who also played a little quarterback. And you say, oh, well, that happens. Sometimes you have to move a play. No. He continued to play linebacker. He got a sack <laughs> on Baker Mayfield. This was like some like 1948 shit. Oklahoma yeah. Oklahoma lost to a time traveler. Yeah, he was second on the team of tackles. He recovered a fumble. He had a sack. Guess what else? He played Wildcat quarterback. He was two for three for 25 yards. Oh, and he ran the ball nine times. He was amazing. He was, a, he was their second best runner. I mean, what are you supposed to do when the other team is breaking out, you know, old school positions like end? Wolf Trabazinski of Claremont College. That's that's what Joel Lanning was. Joel Lanning was some 1924 up in your face against Oklahoma. And and here's the thing. If you look at Oklahoma, uh, the one thing that they really couldn't do uh, offensively, that was like prevent... Iowa State from scoring on defense. That that was it. They they had yards. They didn't even like turn the ball over five times. You see a, a score like this and go, oh, thirty-one. I guess Oklahoma must have turned the ball over a mess, right? Like like Michigan against Michigan State this weekend and go, oh man, five turnovers. Nope, one, one. That is the margin in the game, mind you. A coach would leap on you for not even pointing that out, right? Like, oh, one score. That's the margin in the game. That's right there. Yeah, but you know what? There's something else that's really terrifying in all this. And that's not just the autoplay <laughs> that continues to play every single time. That's our uh, that's our new podcast theme, by the way. I uh, hope y'all like that by we DJ have, Autoplay. We have not paid for that music. Please don't sue. Please don't. Please, please don't sue. Dude, we're gonna be we're gonna be billionaires when when autoplay stops and suddenly things like a podcast that gets you know a steady but small audience quadruples in value as they seek to hide that weakness right we're we're pivoting to bad podcasts that's it they'll be like man we are pivoting to loyally followed but very small podcasts be like yo small batch (laughs) (laughs) we don't Um, franchise we can never franchise no no but that's the weird thing is that if you look at this game it's not like oklahoma makes a lot of mistakes nope this is even punching one last detail in all of this right one last detail wow i I bet that home crowd in ames really enjoyed (laughs) watching iowa state pull another one of those patented aim upsets that one of those weird saturday nights in ames oh yeah no this was noon and norman (laughs) noon and norman do you know what y'all worst worst porn title ever did you watch the end of this game? There's like 70,000 people going, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I'll make him a Hank Hill noise at once. The, oh. um, the spread for this was a staggering 31 points. Like, this was not any type of, oh, that's a good win. This was a, I mean, this will very likely be the biggest upset of the year. Um, so Oklahoma covered if you don't count Iowa State's score at all. Exactly, exactly. 
Good job. Um, yeah, and now the best part is this. When you lose, when you are a playoff um, aspirant and you lose to a team early in the year, you have to, in some way, root for that team the rest of the year because you know that there will be some potential argument down the line where we start comparing losses and other things that everybody hates. Things that are way too early to do now, but fuck it. Do it anyway. This is the best part about college football as opposed to the NFL. And and now you have to root for Iowa State. You Part of this, this is that you have sort of mortgaged a little piece of your season and given it to Iowa State and say, please take care of this. Please don't burn this. Please don't break it. Please don't lose it in the back of a cab. Please don't accidentally trade it for magic beans that aren't magic at all. It's part of our season. We need you to do a good job. Do you think they're going to do a good job? It's Iowa State, so let's be honest. Mm, no. And here's another thing, too. Oklahoma's Oklahoma had arguably the maybe the highest profile or tied for highest profile out-of-conference win. When you talk about major program fights, major program on TV, and, and renders it null and void. And that was beating Ohio State. Correct? Yep. Like, maybe... Like, we've kind of forgotten that Alabama just crippled Florida State for an entire year. Right? Because we expect that of Alabama. They're just going to do that. That's not what Oklahoma-Ohio State was. That was going to be uh, a verdict on which one of these teams was realer at this point. And, and now, uh, their path to the Big 12, it sucks. It sucks particularly when you've got tcu looking like just this morphing difficult to like pin down i'm not even really sure where to grab this thing to try to like fight it kind of monster um we'll talk a little bit more about tcu later because i think they're fascinating but um this is not this is not this is not good oklahoma like this is not good for you and frankly not real great for the big 12 because because uh, I could easily see every team in this conference dropping a game, at least one. Well, you don't think oh, Iowa State's playoff run is good for the Big Twelve? Damn, <coughs> hadn't, hadn't even considered that. I mean, I know the I know their their ceiling is um, two losses at this point, but hey, Penn State almost made it, and that's a team with state in its name. Iowa State, the shutdown full cast of college football teams, the Power Five that teams, is quite accurate, amazing. Um, Amazing once every nine years. Um, and yet, of the of the losses that happened this weekend, you would think Oklahoma Iowa State would be the one that has the that has a fan base most like up in arms. It seems like it's actually Michigan State, Michigan, right? <laughs> Honeymoon well, is over, which is which is fucking perplexing because the game was played in terrible conditions. Without a starting quarterback, who we learned maybe accidentally has multiple broken bones in his back, and and Michigan still almost—I mean, yeah—it was in a very Michigan-Michigan State game, um, but like considering Oklahoma was a team that lots of people were saying was going to make the playoff, Michigan was a team that before the season lots of people were saying is a year away from the playoff. There is like man, the eagerness with which. Lots of people are willing to be like, Jim Harbaugh, trash, overrated, <laughs> garbage, trash coach, throwing the fuck out. 
It's 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 absolutely amazing. Like Michigan was supposed to be about four and one at this point. This is a rebuilding Michigan team. Um, that's that's on the one hand. On the other hand, yes, this is a rebuilding Michigan State team too, and Michigan should have won by quite a bit and all that. Mm-hmm. Sure, 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 sure. But um, I mean, I totally agree. Like Michigan is still on course for the season that we expected them to have. You can still win eight or nine games. That is the realistic goal for this team, especially considering your starting quarterback just, you know, Bane just broke him over his knee or whatever. Like, yeah, you got no monsoon and you probably threw it a few more, few times more than you should. I don't think that's quite a reason to go hire John Gruden. Well, and, and you know, everybody's all, oh, you know, Michigan keeps finishing third in the Big Ten East. Well, they're fourth now, so. <laughs> <laughs> Problem solved. Not entertained? <laughs> what more do you people want? Theme and variation. Listen, listen, when you make a genie wish, you have to be specific, all right? If if y'all keep whining, tell you what, here comes Maryland. (laughs) Keep whining, keep whining. We'll turn this bus around. (laughs) We'll fall behind Indiana. I do want you to take a minute to appreciate the best running gag to me in college football, the best running gag, which is that at every moment when Michigan is at its weakest, like, that. this is it, Michigan State, Trash boxer sits in the corner, just takes a beating. And the minute you go, hey, does that guy in the third row have popcorn? Boom! Right in the nuts. Like, just right in the nuts, headbutt down. That's every single game Michigan State has played. Which, by the way, last 10 years, what's that record? Against Little Brother. Eight and two! (laughs) Michigan State's eight and two. And the timing is always so bad it's always the worst it's always we like we lose this block punt we get annihilated when our spirits are at our lowest when we think things are going really well and we're negotiating some troubled waters ah tropical storm d'antonio just comes in swamps the decks (laughs) yeah i mean listen listen, spencer i know you watch bob's burgers michigan is jimmy pesto and (laughs) and michigan state is bob and his whole family and you know what Gene just ran for like 85 yards on you and it sucks, <laughs> but you love, but your son loves to dance, Michigan. This all kind of works. <laughs> and like, if you look at the game too, um, you know, Michigan's like, Oh man, our offense is just, we got dominated. No, you didn't. You, you actually have more first downs in Michigan state. Uh, problem was you turned the ball over five times. Five times. This is a this is it also Michigan State special. Remember, like there were two or three years we get like Kirk Cousins and we get young, bright, shiny quarterbacks who really start to produce something like offense at Michigan State. No way, man. This is a D'Antonio classic. Did we even hit a hundred yards passing? Hell no, we did not. Did you rush for two hundred yards and control the clock? No. no. Nope. <laughs> None no. of that. None of that. Didn't it do was, dick. It did was you, get did to you fourteen pick- and start punting. Did you pick up a bunch of gritty third downs? Nope, didn't do that either. What did you do? Endured. Endured. <laughs> Punted. Waited. I waited on weather. That that is the most Michigan State game plan of all time. <laughs> Just wait on weather. What did you do? We waited on God. Mark we Antonio got to fourteen. Was... <laughs> punted and prayed to God. We, we built an ark. We loaded it with uh, two of every kind of. Um, punt and then we just waited and meanwhile Jim Harbaugh was walking around you know talking about it's not going to rain it's not going to rain 
wallowing in his in his iniquity. I mean, the classical Spartans did just sort of like hang behind their walls, right? They weren't like, oh, let's go get it. Nah, just hang back. Maybe the sea will eat them. Let's hope. Yeah. This time the <laughs> yeah. sea ate you. It's cool. The Spartan strategy is just kind of getting a big old bunch, jam into a tight spot, and see what happens. Michigan oh, State didn't is. even oh. kick. Michigan State didn't even attempt a field goal in this game. This game is so stupid. So stupid. <laughs> why are Michigan? Why are like Michigan fans that? Well, no, that's why they got dragged into a, con- a stupid contest. And you didn't go to Michigan to participate in a stupid contest. <laughs> they did. Like I would I, I really wish I wish that Michigan State and or Mark D'Antonio was uh, an MMA fighter because because the because they would be the kind of guy that gets booed and wins like seventy to eighty percent of their <laughs> matches, right? Like the and- kind of guy who like gets a couple of good points and then just gets the guy up against the cage and starts rubbing his face against it. <laughs> He's not trying anything remotely offensive here. He <laughs> just sits on his face. Just, just tries to just put his butt all over his face. Yeah, I don't think you're really hurting him. Yeah, but he, he, he can't do anything. Do you know another move besides the triangle choke? Nope. Nope. I never needed one. That's it. What do you try to do? Just try to suffocate you with my nutsack. That's all I'm doing this entire game. Just the it's worst. But the, uh, the 10 count chest slap. <laughs> one. <laughs> It's just somebody trying to put you in the lion tamer every single play, right? What like I, that's it. What I re- what I really liked what, what I really enjoyed about this game was after it was over, um during the uh on field post game interview, Mark D'Antonio, without even really being asked, he just shoehorns this in because he clearly has a plan. He's like, you know, they always told me, um, this bus ride home is the best one you're ever going to experience. And I'm like, yep, you really just wanted everybody to remember that you did this in Ann Arbor, didn't you? You really just wanted to drive home like, yeah, that's right. This isn't my house that we just shit all over. You have to clean it. <laughs> it is. That's, it is. That's yeah, so MVP, <laughs> remember, just, just remember MVP, Jake Hartbarger. That's Michigan State's punter. My favorite thing, by the way. I was like, man, who was the MVP of this game? You look around, I'm like, well, it was probably the punter, Jake Hartbarger, because he averaged about, you know, 40 a kick. It's pretty solid work. Um, did they? Re- I was like, how oh, did they have any hidden yardage and returns or something? Nope. <laughs> no, they had one yard in terms of, like, returns between punts and kicking net. Well, man, <laughs> the Spartans did have two clutch punts, which in uh, – in Ann Arbor in this series, you do need some clutch, clutch punt work, if you'll recall. Um, he had one not only out of his own uh, own end zone after penalty backed up. There was also one at the very end of the game when a lot of people were kind of like, uh-oh. You know, like, <laughs> can we see another one of these things swing on a, on a stupid punt? And no, 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 no. That only happens to you, Michigan. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, other than that, it's like it's David Dowell for picking two balls off, but... I mean, those are just setting up a punt, really. So it's a, it's a teamwork effort. You intercept the ball so that you have better position to to punt it on. It's a it's a supply the, chain the, kind of thing. The yeah. Dow Hart Burger Pipeline. It's gonna get Michigan State <laughs> to the Citrus Bowl. It's fine. It's good. Fire Jim Harbaugh tomorrow. He's entitled. Yeah, my favorite. Yeah, which I will say this: 
Michigan fans, they're not really out and about after a loss. They do kind of just turtle up because I think it really hurts them. Also, they have to process, right? They have to go study it. They're like, I don't know. I'll consult my notes. I'll decide, <laughs> I'll decide how I feel after I take these feelings. You know, there was, a, there was an episode of Poirot that touched on this in many ways. Yeah, I'm going to go watch some premium PBS. <laughs> Maybe I might indulge a little bit in some antiques roadshow. Listen, listen. Michigan State won because temptation. of donor Michigan State won because of donors like you, Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Ole Miss, right? Oh. A Michigan fan would blame it on Ole Miss. Listen, Ole but Miss cheating. There is there is one game. There is one result I looked at on the schedule. And I did think like, yeah, that might be the uh, the bell tolling for somebody. Do you know which game I'm to which I'm referring? Mm, uh, Bielema? Yep. This Arkansas uh, losing a game that, yeah, man, because no, no, hold on, hold, was... let's let's not be gentle because I don't think Burt would. Um, Arkansas gave up 48 points to South Carolina, lost this game by 26 points got dominated in basically every phase of the game and did it with a experienced quarterback who went 12 of 24 for 84 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Well, isn't Steve Sprayer still the head coach of South Carolina? Don't they score a lot of points? Um, that, you know, yes. I'm just going to continue to believe that. Yeah. So that's not that bad, right? Nope. And nope. and this is this is Bert's first year your year at Arkansas, right? It, yep. He's, yep. He's and he's, you know, he's cleaning up that mess. He's cleaning yeah. up that mess that he was he inherited, you know. It's the first year of his fifth year. True. If you so like he's like he's that. a president who's on his second term. Right. So really I don't think we should talk about the first term. That was all, you know, that was all what he had to do to get reelected. Yeah. This is all about his lame I mean, duck. He was. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant! You can spend eight years in a job and not get a single thing done. The first one's about trying to get four more. The second four is just well, I'm gonna be gone in four. That's a yeah. good job. I gotta get that job. Move, move straight to the uh, lame hog stage of the administration. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. This is year five, and if Arkansas wants to be done with him, uh, you know who would agree with it? Brett Bielema would probably agree with it. This is a team that, uh, in year five, doesn't really resemble anything like what they thought they were supposed to get, right? This is this is one of those th- times when you go, oh, you really just wanted to hire the program and not the actual coach, right? This is what everybody did at Boise State when they said, oh, let's just take Boise State's coach. That'll be fine. It'll look exactly like what we think it'll look like. No, 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 no. Boise State's really good because... Boise State hires smart, and because that program is built from ground up and always kind of looks like that program, right? They've got like a culture that sort of overrides what the actual management looks like from stage to stage, right? Like what Arkansas actually wanted was the Wisconsin football program, right? They wanted, oh yeah, let's just have a bunch of fat guys in a running game. It'll be great. It'll succeed real well. Won 10 games up there, it'll won 10 games in Arkansas. Uh, yeah. I know this is a weird thing, but uh, like fat football didn't thrive in Arkansas for a lot of reasons. But but the f- foremost reason is the, the management. The 
it's not we're not we're gonna uh, this movie has been played so many times on this flight because after this arkansas gets alabama on the road which okay mm. sure mm. um <laughs> and and alabama that is now woken up and is and is ready to stop playing like in you know uh lazy assholes pumped up by media rat poison Finally, gonna, finally gonna fulfill their destiny. An Alabama team that, by the way, committed its first turnover since November of last year against Texas A&M. Clearly what shit they'd been playing like. Yeah. So, and, and then after that, Arkansas gets to play Auburn, who looks, Auburn looks kind of amazing right now. So they're going to lose those two games, and we're going to be talking about, well, Two and five, I don't know, feels like you got to be done with them at the end of the season. And then because the end of the rest of the season has a bunch of much more winnable games at Old Miss, which is who even fucking knows at this point, Coastal Carolina, at LSU, which, yeah, some teams can beat them. Who's to say? Um, Mississippi State, Mizzou. There's abs- he's absolutely going to win like four of his last five, drag them to bowl eligibility win some dumb bowl nobody cares about on December 3rd or something and everybody's going to say well you got to look at how he turned the team around you got to you got to just really oh the progress that was made November November coming yeah i don't i don't actually think this is the year that happens i think this is the, i think this is the year that like jared jones just swoops in out of nowhere and pays that buyout just like where he, he thinks he's happy and some rich dude is like oh contraire And that's how we get Derek Dooley moving from the Dallas Cowboys to the Arkansas Razorbacks. Back in the SEC, better than ever. He'll probably beat Tennessee because fate hates everyone. Austin Allen was like at the end of last year was playing beautifully and he's broken right now. And when you don't get when you don't make a quarterback better something something's off, right? Like that's if you're an that talented an athlete like if the offensive line is giving you reasonable like protection and you have guys to throw to, which he does, I think he's got, you know, ample weapons. He's got Jonathan Nance. He's got, um, you know, Deion Stewart. And he, I mean, they've got decent receivers. So what's, so what's wrong? Like I, there, there's something like, it's, it's a lot like looking at Florida in some ways in a more dire sense where you go, I don't know how any of this is happening intentionally. I don't know what you do during the week. Well, yeah, I mean, the difference is you look anytime people put out um, Jim McElwain's actual record within the conference overall within the East, you're like, oh, yeah, I am being an asshole. Yeah, that is better than I thought it was. And yes, I remember the games on the field and what I didn't like about them, but it's not as bad as me. The asshole is making it look. With Arkansas, it's the exact opposite. And it feels like somehow it gets worse every week, where one week you're like, you know, Brett Bielema's has only won uh, 11 SEC games since he got here. And you're like, wow, that's bad. Two weeks later, you're like, yeah, he's only won three SEC games. Wait, <laughs> what the fuck did he do? They're Yeah, they're going bad. They're going moldy. That's throwing out. <laughs> and and we you described them as being uh, in trouble because they play Alabama next week. Right. Alabama, who I do want to talk about them for a minute. Okay, because, sure. Because uh, because I don't think I enjoyed a press conference as much this year as Nick Saban's post game press conference after 
daring to stay within the realm of mortals and finish with a 27-19 road victory in College Station. In front of an Aggie crowd, by the way, who was amped. They were so amped to be within two scores. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I so admire... I so admire the doomed Viking rage, right? <laughs> like, the, like, I don't care how many Mexicans there are. This Alamo is worth protecting. <laughs> What's an Alamo? I don't know. But when, I got a gun. <laughs> when A&M's 12th man, the man in the 12 jersey, the, the person the whole, the whole trademark is based around, mm-hmm. blocks a punt to get you to an even 12 points, bringing you within 12 points of Alabama, Brother, it is time to break out every Aggie tradition you know. It's time to whoop. It's time to gig them. Thumbs up. Saw horns off. Not flush a toilet. All trademark the re- something. All the, all the, rev- all the Revelies rose from their stadium-side graves that day. <laughs> Let a beautiful dog bite your head. The dog said class was canceled for eight years. Everybody, you get a doctorate now. We stayed within 12 of Bama. Yeah. That's, uh, they did. They did. Give them credit, man. I was like, I really felt like that was a great game for them. Just a spectacular game, especially because their quarterback, I'm, I'm pretty sure he only knows four pass plays. Only needed four. They scored twice on pass plays. Kellen Mon, nice job, dude. But in addition to that, if you did not see the press conference, it included all the following classic Sabanisms. Uh, one obsessive like a a really insincere well i think it was a great road win (laughs) it's just the best that's how you know they're fucked the minute he walks in and goes the minute he walks in and goes uh he's a hard-fought win thought we thought we did well and you're like where's the list of things and he goes you know i mean there are some things we need to fix and he immediately goes like there was a punt there was a block punt we missed a punt there was a, a punt we sort of flinched we stuttered on a punt you don't want to stutter a punt there's and then he just starts going like list 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 list, list bang you're like oh he's getting mad this is so good a reporter actually like made a question at one point and asked him and he goes you know i might be getting a little bit old but you know i couldn't hear a damn thing you said if you could just say it again <laughs> and it was this extremely politely worded thing where he took fault for not hearing the question and behind it were the words i would slit your throat with an exacto knife right like that's what that's what he was saying to him but the words did not match the sentiment but clearly i was like that's murder dude just pack away you want don't ask that question no he looked drained he looked like a destroyed man he looked like somebody who when he got back to the alabama football offices there was going to be blood in every direction He's an amazing human being. Robot, but human being. He's he's, he's like pushing 70. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's not going to change. It's not going to get better or softer. That's not, no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Like, I'm not going to care about anything. And he's out, th- he's out there like, you know, Jalen didn't have his shoes tied on third down. But you know who you know people who do care about something? Our listeners, Spencer Hall. And I'm probably gonna pronounce at least half these names wrong. Don't care. That's this is the podcast where you come for that. Adam Battenhorst, Matt Weigand, Alan Reynoso, Dan Logan, and Bill Dunn, who did provide me with the helpful pronunciation guide, pronounced like, quote, the Gators are done with offense for twenty seventeen. Initially, 
when I got that, I was like, oh, ho, one did not watch the Vanderbilt game. And then, well, you know what? Extra points aren't tex- aren't technically offense, so it's not the offense's fault, is it, Bill? Take that. We also have some reads to do from uh, from y'all. I'm going to get my one out of the way. Um, this is from a listener who requested anonymity because he and I went to law school together, and he unveiled to me a fucking terrifying fact. I was one year behind at NYU Law, Jared Kushner. <laughs> well, I mean, you were You're talking pl- about Slenderman. Yeah. Well, that's that's terrifying, actually. Like but I might actually- I might have taken a class with him. It's entirely possible. Well, that means that means that you're that means you got an end, buddy. You could be you could be in charge of Middle Eastern policy tomorrow. Yeah, you You're know like what? Seven hundred thirty first in line for the presidency, if that still exists. <laughs> Shit. You know what? Send me to North Korea. You know what? Live full cast in North Korea. We'll do it. Do they At have the a Popeyes, Popeyes there? <laughs> do they have a Popeyes in North Korea? Yeah, it's just um, it's very alarming to think like, oh, I was n- possibly not paying attention in tax class, and so was Jared Kushner. And now he will help shape federal tax policy, while whereas I am just on a very poorly produced podcast that frequently gets facts wrong. So in some ways, we both like are the same person. I just don't do anything important um, at all. Well, that makes two of you. Well. Take that drink. <laughs> Take um, a good long drink. Jason? I think- you have one. I, yeah, I had a couple to read. Um, one from from Jim and okay. So this one is a callback to the pivot to video edition of this program. We had a minor catchphrase on there. <clears throat> I haven't delivered this in how long has that been? Five years now. Damn, we've been doing this way too long. <sighs> okay, so let me let me try this. Let me try this. <clears throat> Jet toner is a god. <laughs> That would be Stanford kicker Jet Toner. That's what Jim wanted me to deliver. It's so, an amazing. It's an amazing name. It is a very. It's an extremely good name. It's one of those names where every time they're on, you and you hear that name, and you sort of look up, and and yes, you're you're looking away because every Stanford game is one. You know where like okay, Stanford's leading by nine points, and they have been for about six hours now. Um, but you hear that name and you look up, and it just. Is that real? Yeah, that. I mean, I know that's real, but part of my brain is still telling me like that can't be real. But I'm glad it is. Yeah, he's he's from Honolulu. He's a kicker and punter. Mostly just kicks though at this point for Stanford. His real name is John Edward Toner, so he's doing the Jeb thing. But when you can spell Jet with it, hell yes, hell yes, you spell Jet and you go by Jet Toner. And people say, and you tell people you play for Stanford. What are you, a kick returner? Uh, around that, related. I think, yeah. Uh, I mean, so if you if you do kickoffs, you're sort of setting the tone for the fast guys, for the <laughs> guys true. who can jet down the field. That's a really good point. So you're literally the jet toner. How about that? Shit. Um. Also from Coulter would like us to discuss Birmingham mayor elect Randall Woodfin coming out to celebrate the uh, 
being being elected mayor of Birmingham to put on by Jeezy featuring Kanye. Um, obviously, that's a good choice. I, I, Mr. Whitman, I believe, is from Atlanta. At least he went to Morehouse, so obviously there's a connection there. If I had to be elected to a Jeezy song, it would probably be either and then what? You know, because you can lay out a campaign promise, and then what? You know, and then I'm going to move into the, you know, the mayor's mansion, and then what? And then I'm on embezzle, and then what? You know, and then I'm going to move into the governor governor's mansion, and I'm going to put all my friends on payroll. But that's what I would do. That's what I would do. Um, either that or my president, because you know, why stop it? Why stop it being mayor elect when you can just go ahead and go ahead and announce your run for presidency right then and there? Randall Woodfin, the new mayor of Birmingham is 36. Oh. Yeah, yeah well. we haven't done anything. No! <laughs> like, not a thing. Randall Woodfin is out here introducing Jeezy as, like, mainstream political music, and he's 36. But you know I'm what? So, uh, he, he, only so has, he only has 6,500 followers on Twitter, so really, who can be impressed? Who is he? Um, I, I have a read, a uh, couple. Uh, one is from Miguel. Miguel paid us money uh, so that I can say this. Miguel R. asks, have you considered Arizona State? I would like to revisit this. I think it's an important mantra in life that whenever you're faced with a difficult choice, you should always say, or I could go to Arizona State. I mean, you know who should? Brett Bielema at this point. They'll let you wear shorts. They'll let you wear Tevas. You know, they'll let, probably let you wear like a vented jacket on the sideline or something, like a track jacket that has slits down the side. I uh, that seems ideal for for him. You know, you're not that close. You're not that far from gambling. If you got the itch, and I know you got the itch. I know you got the itch. And it's the Pac-12, which, as we've already discussed, they don't fire anybody. It's a retirement community, Arizona State football. Go live that life. Go live that dream, that big, beautiful dream. And also, you, they put your games on so late, you can sleep in. When you're kicking off at 11.30 Eastern, hey, look at that. You can stay out late Friday night. Plus, yeah. like. do you know who Arizona State plays in 2018? Michigan State. It's oh, it feels like home. Wow. It's already comfortable. It's like they did it just for you. Burt versus D'Antonio, man. We need that. We need that. We would. I'm, everyone would enjoy watching that at eleven thirty <laughs> at night. Be amazing. I mean, Dennis Erickson was dead, and they let him coach for another two years. Coaching at birdies. It's amazing. Weekend at birdies. <laughs> it's the Sun Devil. Son, come on. We're like fun devil. And Bert's <laughs> in the house. Amazing. This is the, yeah, the, uh, so Miguel, yeah. You know what? I've considered Arizona State. I mean, I went to school in Florida. They're not dissimilar schools, really, when you get down to it. Our crime's a little more dramatic when it happens, but. Uh, and our, our porn is way more amateur. Uh, yeah, way, way more. We just we leave the, the the lighting is fucking atrocious. We leave. We leave I think we prefer sincere. <laughs> we we leave the branded stuff to the University of Miami. They 
They do. <laughs> they innovated both transport and pornography. And transport-based pornography, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and tra- they, they turned... They actually solved the issue of public transit by combining two passions, which no American can deny, which is public transit and, and, and amateur pornography. People aren't, people aren't riding buses anymore. How do we change that? <laughs> I have a bold proposal. <laughs> uh, the other one, in a dramatic pivot, uh, was from Alex. Uh, Alex says, Katie and I would just like to thank you, Spencer and Jason. Uh, that'd be you, Ryan, for using your platform to help people. Just, you know, hey, you know, you, you're welcome. It's not why we do it. But, uh, and maybe you could use whatever space you have dedicated to us to encourage people to use whatever platforms they have to help make a difference for people that need it just like you guys do. Uh, it really helps. Well, thank you. I think that's a great idea. I would encourage anyone to do it unless you're evil. Mm. Unless you're evil. Uh, well, what if you're fun evil though? Run that what by the What if you're board. like fun, like like Seb Gorka? If you're if you if you're if you're like Texas Booster, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Seb Gorka, yeah. Texas Booster. Exactly. If you're a large, if you're a booster at a large, the Longhorn of Budapest. <laughs> We're just gonna call Red McCombs that from now on. <laughs> So, going by the letter of the law here, encourage people to use whatever platforms they have to help make a difference for people that need it. Um, I mean, I think if evil people did that, we, we could still come out okay because we're still talking about getting you know people things they need. Sure. So, like, if a horrible person were to give someone food because they need food, it's still food. Well, I think I think the problem is uh, what evil people think you need. You know. Well, it, no, no, because, listen, I know you have a law degree, so I'm sure you can back me up here once I once I show you the clarity of the wording here, yep. um, is it's not about what the giver thinks is needed. It clearly says what people need. Yeah, that's traditionally See? how it's worked. Yep. Mm-hmm. So this is a foolproof plan. So everyone just get out there and do stuff. Evil people are just too receptive, too listening. <laughs> that is, they're, they're like cancers. Right, they just they just they have too many feelings, too many like emotions. Mm-hmm. That's why they're that's why they're crabs. I mean, passionate, easily hurt, big feelings. Speaking of crabs, let's talk about the Miami Florida State game. Woohoo! Yeah, this this is like it's maybe my favorite ending this year. Period, because it was because uh, Mark Rick, by the way, he's done this before. When you go, oh man, like that's just unprecedented, like. Going for it when you could have got a field goal with like seven or eight seconds left on the clock when you throw a pass down the right sideline to win the game. Oh, uh, he did this at Bama. Year one, Nick Saban. They went for it. Mikey Henderson pulled in a pass, I believe, from David Green for the win there. Uh, that's that's the MO. So when that happened, I got a little bit of deja vu because it felt like that game where you go, oh, yeah, you you just stole it. Way to go. Because sometimes, by the way, you don't have to go to overtime. You should just try to win it and leave so you don't have to go through that bullshit. Like seven OTs. Like Western Michigan and Buffalo had to go through. Well, I mean, Florida didn't go to overtime in a different way. So <clears throat> That's true. We courteously missed an extra point. Mm-hmm. Boop. 
but yeah, like in case you wondered whether Florida State was going to uh, get past the Uno, nope, still stuck on one win. I don't even feel much joy in this. I'm just like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm giving you the full Holgerson, as in Dana, who you know said, man, that sucks. Yeah, that's a you're on one win, and Miami's undefeated. Yeah, especially after like Miami got off to such a shit start. In this game, just such a brutally miserable, ineffective. How many like, points at the half? It was three zero. It was three zero. Florida State at the end of the second quarter, and Miami at Miami at that point had punted on every possession that they had, and I think if memory serves correctly, they had only gotten past their own forty once. For one play, and then they got, I think they got sacked and pushed beyond it. But they were going three and out constantly. Their defense was playing pretty well considering they, I mean, the field position was pretty starkly not in Miami's favor for a lot of the game. I mean, they started at the four, the 20, the 25, the 20, like, it, it, so, so they were not in great shape by going three and out from bad spots on the field, and the defense kept them alive. Um, and then it really felt like it was just going to be the same old Florida State Miami game that we've ever, we've always seen when Florida State scored uh scored to go up 2017. But somehow it wasn't. Somehow it's different this year. And now Florida State is 1 and 3 for the first time since I looked this up the other day. Bobby Bowden's first year in Tallahassee. Yeah. Yeah. That that by the way, despite I don't think like he's just a baby. I don't think James Blackman had a bad game. I don't. He made some mistakes. He threw two INTs, but but he's coming along. He's gonna be fine. Like you don't want to be the one who has sunshine blown all the way up their ass after a loss, right? But I'm gonna go ahead and do that and say, I don't know. This is coming along. Of course, I'm not emotionally invested. I could be kind of glib about this. I'm not the one bleeding. Or with yeah. one win. And, I mean, Florida State's offensive line against Miami's defensive front, I think we kind of knew that wasn't really going to work in his favor. No. And I I haven't looked at, like, the the sack numbers or whatever there. I just know every time I looked up, I felt like the Canes were in his face. Uh, They they did some little stuff to try and counter that. Like, they ran ran the option a little bit. A Jimbo Fisher pro-style NFL offense running the option a little bit. Well, you know, everything's in that playbook. Everything's in that playbook. It's not just, you know, I don't like to call it pro style or anything. We just, we're going to do what we have to do to win the game. Well, what we did, we've seen that uh, that play Andy Reid's been doing now, the little shotgun shovel pitch option pass play. So we decided since that's NFL pro style, now we'll go ahead and incorporate that. Yeah, you're going to want to install disc eight. There are 20 more discs after that. And yes, they all are on (laughs) floppy, but that's because of security. I don't believe in CD-ROM. I think that's too fancy thing fangled. Uh, go ahead and put that in. Yep, playbook's still downloading. You're gonna get it all. Don't worry. <laughs> yep, it's uh, it's buffering. Unlike, <laughs> I kind of think that's why Jameis Winston was his greatest quarterback because I'm convinced Jameis Winston never learned to play. Like Jimbo'd go, Jimbo'd go, like, okay, we got three thousand and forty-eight pages in this playbook. Jameis is like, I'm not gonna read one. I'm gonna go out there and that be like, that guy's open. There, fine. Not saying he couldn't process it. I'm just saying he was like, 
Jimbo, this is 3,500 pages. An idiot would only try to learn this. It's, I'm just going to throw yeah. the open back. That's the FSU quarterback galaxy brain is just like, <laughs> no, Jimbo, no. no. <laughs> Jimbo, this is ridiculous. I'm not going to do this. Like, I'm sure like Chris Winkie was like, Chris Winkie was the same because Chris Winkie played, Chris Winkie played for, for like, let's see, he played for Florida State, you know, when I believe Mark Richt was the coordinator. And I'm sure Richt at the time was probably like, I got like a 30 to, you know, maybe 80 page playbook. And Winky's like, I'm 27. College football's a scam. I'm throwing to the open guy. Sorry. I'm throwing, I'm throwing, I'm throwing fastball, occasional curveball. That's it. <laughs> that's, that's it. I'm coming from baseball. Let me tell you, you can only do this so many ways. Oh, look, Peter Warwick, he's open. Cool. I respect that. in quarterbacks are like not learning a thing. What are you going to do? I'm going to be confident. I'm going to walk up there. I'm going to figure out whether it's a run or a pass. Most of the time. And I'm going to throw to the open guy. Well, you know, you need to learn all this stuff. No, not necessary. I'm brilliant. I'm just, you know what? I'm going to throw the wrong guy sometimes. That's fine. That's why we have a defense. Otherwise, I'll be over here on the bench. If you can find someone who can throw it harder than me, congratulations. Would you guys like to join me on a little um, rankings worked uppedness for no reason? Preface by the fact that worrying about rankings in week seven is a waste of time. They either, these teams will either win out and then, yes, they are where they were supposed to be, or they should have been higher, or they won't. And then why do you care? Yeah, man, I'm pissed off already. Let's hear it. Great. Yeah. Wisconsin's number seven in the AP top 25. They're five and oh. Can either of you tell me two games that they won? They just beat Nebraska. Okay. And they beat right. Northwestern. Mm-hmm. They also beat. <clears throat> I believe do they have a do they have a Florida Atlantic in there? They do have a Florida. Atlantic oh, they did there. beat potential Conference USA East champion Florida Atlantic. Roll Owls, roll Owls. Um, they're they have Purdue next. Yep. You can throw in a Utah State and a BYU to complete the conference. Ah, yeah, damn it. Um, <clears throat> well, to listen, be fair, BYU doesn't play football, so not not right now. They don't. Um, they got man. They got if they if they just if they could schedule Utah, they'd have the low ABV belt. <laughs> <laughs> that's why and that's why Wisconsin won't do it. They don't want that title. They're like trash. Yeah. Um. It, listen, Wisconsin might be very good. That, like they've they've put up some good offensive numbers in these games, and and I'm not saying you know they're trash or anything like that. But man, this is a this is an incredibly limited data set to work with, especially when you're like. Okay, they're right between TCU, which now has a a very exciting win over West Virginia and beat Oklahoma State, and Washington State, which beat USC, and 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 then easily handled Oregon. Like for Wisconsin right now, just sort of like sure, seven. I I guess I don't know if you say so. Other than that, nothing matters. The rest of it's stupid. Washington. Oh wait, no, we do have to talk about Washington. Never mind. We do. Yeah, are, we are the one media outlet that will acknowledge the University of Washington as a football program. I have, I have a strategy. By the way, before we t- leave Wisconsin on the table, my strategy is, and I, I tip this in the top whatever this morning. But we're just going to Mandela effect them because I swear I was writing it up and I was like, 
man, doesn't Wisconsin have a loss? Like they need, they don't, they have a fucking loss. And, um, and I looked it up and they didn't. And so I've just decided that they lost to, um, they lost to like Oregon state in week two. Or Oregon state is too far. Cal say Cal. Cal. Okay, sure. They lost, they lost to Cal in week two. Yep. And you know what? I'm going to get people. I will repeat. This is like as many times as necessary on this podcast. And uh, I will get people to be like, yeah, man, I remember they lost to Cal. So I've kind of taken them out of my rankings. Yeah. So yeah. You it's, could throw it's... Arkansas in there, too. And then that would be three teams that took coaches from Wisconsin. Wow. <laughs> mm. Done. They're in Pitt also, even though he came back. Sure. Temp- a, tempor- a temporary, a temporary, a uh, temporary, uh, give me back my son situation. <laughs> give me back my very wide son. <laughs> my burliest of sons. Um, so yeah, we do have to talk about Washington as the only uniquely pro Washington outlet since ESPN is trying to bring them to heel by telling them you're nothing without us. I've brought you to Memphis anime. So so let's review what's I mean admittedly some people may not have any idea what the fuck we're talking about. Please lay out because the sequence of events. Football, so <laughs> right, right. Please lay okay. out the sequence of the last 24 hours or so. I believe it's Chris Peterson uh, initiates this by saying that no, he doesn't really like late kicks. Right? Like Right. That the Pac-12 plays a lot of late kicks, hurts their national standing cuz you don't get people watching, etc. blah blah blah. Uh, ESPN kind of responds like with a mule kick, like trying to bat away a fly with a full hoof, right? By first of all, Kirk Herbstreet saying something on game day, right? Specifically, that I believe the phrasing was that they should thank ESPN for putting them on at all, right? Which is an interesting thing to say about a team that made the playoff last year, correct? And by the way. A venerable college power in their own right, charter member of the Pac-8, which becomes a Pac-10, which becomes Pac-12, right? Rowing legends. Rowing legends. Joel McHale went there, and so did Bruce Lee. Frankly, that makes them a legendary college football program in my eye. But no, like, not like shushing the Mac back into line, right? right? But instead, a charter member of a Power 5 conference. Yeah, they did kind of treat him like it was Boise State, being like, we want more airtime. And that was just the start of it. Yeah. Yeah, because ESPN then did, maybe, I know, I will say, I haven't seen the segment. I've only read about it. Did either of you watch the segment? Yeah, so so during that game, there was a, they put up a graphic, ESPN did, that's, (laughs) they were out there dumping the spreadsheet out, like, uh, it was, you know, uh, Pac-12 games that kick off after 9 Eastern, that ratings are 38% higher, um, according to ESPN's graphic that they aired during the game, you know, like while showing Chris Peterson, which is just weird, you know. And then on top of that, after Washington fans are already worked up in a, in a, in a real lather, Quint Kucinich, who has a weekly gimmick where he uses food props, he has used toast, and he has used slices of cheese, and I'm not sure what all else. 
he decided to use cupcakes this time around to as a, as a as a, uh, a physical metaphor for Washington's out of conference schedule. A totally fair metaphor because they played Rutgers, an FCS team, and a Fresno State that is improving but is still coming off a 0 and 12 season. I think um, one and 11, something like that. But it just didn't quite land the way it would have if you didn't have the Herb Street thing before and the graphic and then even the other announcers joining in and saying, you know, yeah, yeah, Pac-12 games should all be late when no one's watching and all that. And yeah, it it, it really almost felt like, you know, uh, from on high, like this is the hashtag narrative that we're going with with Washington is you don't matter. You don't play any good teams and all that. And like, you know, okay, yes, there are some small truths you know, yes, Pac-12 interest is not as high as SEC or Big Ten. Doesn't really have to be. That's a big goal, you know. And yes, Washington's schedule is light. Didn't really hurt them last year, but it felt like a lot, and it was pretty weird, to, you know, to happen all in one day when Washington is winning by 31 points. I think it can get weirder. I think like next week, broadcast the Washington game in standard definition. Just be like, yeah, sorry, we're not. You're not worth HD. Nope. Oh, we're using the old Chirons, too. Yeah, the old ESPN2 that looks like it's uh, written for a skateboarding game on PlayStation Original. Yep, using that. Everybody's going to be confused, think they're watching a game from 15 years ago. Fuck you, Washington. Watch this backfire hilariously when they put their worst announcers and their worst standard def and, like, make everyone wear shitty jackets and use huge mic guards, right? And only use like four cameras and their worst people and like freelancers. And everyone's like, this is the best shit we've ever seen. <laughs> it's retro. <laughs> it's retro. <laughs> I think the way this backfires is if, um, you know, the drudge Coulter, um, who's the bow tie man on Fox News? It always looks like he's passing gas. Todd, is it Todd Starnes? Mama's, mama's uh, no, that's the baby boy. face man, right? The one yeah. who's always on at night, who's like always looking at people like they just told him, like, my face is made of dogs. And oh, he's Tucker, making Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson, that guy. Once Tucker Carlson finds out ESPN doesn't like the Washington Huskies, they are going to become the official team of middle America. So that is how this backfires on ESPN. It, oh, man. That's going to be You know, great. Washington is going to be landing all the Southern recruits, you know, from of <laughs> certain kinds of households. Did Fox um, and friends just call Clemson cucks? <laughs> <laughs> Dabo. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> no, no, no. Cucks. Cucks are who we play at the end of the regular season. Mike Leach comes out and says like, well, I, I've been saying this stuff all along. What? <laughs> <laughs> How are they the drudge report team when I'm, I'm writing the headlines over here. Well, and then we'll see a return. So you remember how we used to decide the national championship even before the bowl games were played? I mean, are you, I, I have no I have no qualms of thinking that Donald Trump won't just show up at the Pac-12 championship and just be like, here's the trophy. It shows up at the Apple Cup. He'll show up at the Apple Cup from middle America's two most conservative teams and just like throw one of them a golden paper towel roll. And that's our, <laughs> that's our champ now. That's your national champion. What playoff are you watching? That's fake playoff. I know it's not the highest quality of football. It's probably the worst Apple Cup ever. I just want Mike Pence to be involved in Colorado to win so that you have like a female mascot that he won't touch. I can't 
It can't be close. It can't be. Leave, mother would. Mother would be. Mother would. Can't help. stay in any one place too long. He's like a. He's like a proton or a quark or something. You know. One of the, I think. Like, hey guys, I think the buffalo's laying down. Oh, I don't like that. Gotta, I don't gotta like go. That. Gotta go. Oh, Mike, Vice President Mac Brown. That's who we got right now. This dude's always got to leave football stadiums. Gotta That's go. Right. Gotta go. I'm offended. Gotta scoot. Gotta scoot. Gotta scoot. Now, it's been a lot of fun, but I got to go take a $250,000 plane ride to go and leave another place. 